Hi guys, welcome to the Sports Story 15 minute episodes, otherwise known as the SS15. So this week the topic of interest will be on women in sports with our guest Rick Holland, a poet, a musician and a coach. But most importantly, he has a delightful story with some awesome advice for life. Make sure you stay on the social medias, just stay in the loop for the next couple of podcasts. But without further ado, let's get into it. Okay. Start off with, I just like to talk about you and specifically, I suppose, your, your career path, because I know you're a man of many talents. Quite, <laughs> quite random as well, I guess, poetry and then coaching, you know. So can you just sort of talk me through how you got to where you are now? Yeah, you're right. It can seem a bit random. And then there are some quite there are some quite kind of key connecting points as well. So I guess I guess I I followed different paths when I was when I was very young. And one of them was kind of performance sport and cricket. And one of them was this kind of like nurturing this sort of creative, imaginative world, which led into all kinds of interesting places. But that that didn't really kick off until I was I just left university really like I was about 22 so I guess my background in a neat sort of compartmentalized way would be that I played cricket for for Sussex growing up I was really really keen on cricket I I also moved around a lot as a kid because my dad was in and I think that led me to have kind of antenna out for interesting things in different places so I kind of I got I got distracted away from cricket in a way by by live music particularly and just culture in lots of different ways but so I love I absolutely deeply love cricket as you know and I and, yeah. I, and I also have these kind of deep love and interest in in music and words and cult, culture generally like the connections I guess is what what links these two crazily different worlds together it's that kind of there are communities and connections that are quite obvious to me now that and maybe not that obvious if you put those two things side by side when you put it like that then yeah it does it does seem to have connections that's actually really cool I didn't I didn't know that at all about you I'm actually really glad to hear that bit because like I've always feel like I've had to slightly suppress my creative outlets like I like writing poetry and even raps I'm not good at rapping I like writing but I always think no no sports 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 can't can't do the creative stuff so it's actually quite inspiring yeah well there's something about I don't know if it's like this country or or like the point in time we're at at the moment where where it's kind of frowned upon to have lots of different things going on and 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 there's sort of an era of specialization almost yeah definitely yeah yeah and and I think I think people that have too many interests tend to be looked at as kind of amateur in some way yeah, or, sporadic or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas I, I think possibly like a future path really, it, it kind of lends itself more to people that 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 have these different dimensions to them. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, and, and, and maybe there's something in our schooling or our upbringing that's, that says, oh, no, you can't go there if you're going here. Yeah. And really, it's nice to hear that you do that stuff too. It's like I was the same when I was when I was even at university. I was still very private about what I did creatively, and it was only having friends in London. People kind of brought it out of me when I left uni. And yeah, the stuff that I was doing, doing very privately, I was able to share collaboratively, like with musicians and with with people that were excited by it as well. So yeah, I, I guess that's the the another connecting thread with the cricket and the and the and the artistic world. It's like yeah. just being in an environment where people can not be fearful to just be themselves and to try and improve. 
This is yeah. very true. Yeah. Yeah. That's I a really, that's, really that, nice connection. That's a big thing. Yeah, no, that really is a nice connection. But no, this is I, I genuinely obviously I'm so glad that we're doing this now because um everything you're saying right now I'm resonating with so much because I've I lived with fashion students last year, I live with art students this year. My twin sister sister does art. I live with and my brother, he's he's actually into like psychedelics and stuff. But I live with people with very creative minds and I, I'm going down a more sort of, I don't know, straight sort of line. But yeah, it's nice to hear that you you were able to break through into both areas. That's, okay, so when did you kind of make, because do you still do poetry? Do you still do these creative things? Yeah, and I, I still, so I'm in my 40s now, and I still feel pressure from time to time to specialise or to, you know, there are people that will raise an eyebrow and say, well, if you're not fully in this, yeah you know it, so um and and to, to be sort of clear if you want to be absolutely at the top of something that you do yeah, there's a likelihood that you do have to commit fully to it and I have you know at various points I've committed like fully to to pursuing the music and the artistic side and at other times I've, I've pursued the kind of coaching sports coaching um side and so it's still a balance so I'm not saying so I've you've got like seesawed between the two yeah and okay. yeah and until until September last year I was I was also working in a in a music institution like in a in a university kind of helping oh, young awesome. artists so I've really kind of juggled several things but yeah, yeah. To, to answer your question I still I still do make uh, as much as possible within music it's in itself what what do you do do you play do you write music like I'm very much from that so I've been quite a lyric centric person so I'm okay. really into hip-hop also I like, I, I'm really into good lyricists whatever the genre but but that was my route in when I was going to clubs a long time ago with, with live kind of drum and bass was this thing that that I was yes. into like sort of MC culture and yeah anything that was live uh, really, I I could just go out to that all night in a very kind of healthy way. It was just like a, yeah. it was like a healthy obsession. And then yeah, that's that's so that's I, niche. That's very niche. <laughs> healthy <laughs> obsession for you and me, yeah. Yeah, like and that. and and so my musicality, in a way, words wise, came from listening to lots of lyricists. And so I've I've worked with musicians as this kind of tr- almost like a translator of musical vibes into words and I've just played with that um for a long time now and it's, it's taken me to some interesting places I've I've written words for for quite a lot of electronic musicians but also for kind of orchestras and for singer songwriters and that wow. I've had a I've had a go at, at, at kind of quite a lot of different different oh, styles I just I want to okay, get away from the music industry and get back into coaching and yeah. just ask now like so with coaching I mean, if you got into the creative world after uni, when did you get into the coaching world? When did you sort of... Yeah, good question. So I was very lucky that when I was playing... So I played a lot. I played for Sussex youth teams and up to what would now be academy and sort of second 11 standard. And I, my my dad, so credit to him, where he he got me onto a level one coaching course when I was 16. So I was about as young as you could be. And I didn't really want to do it at yeah. the time <laughs> yeah um, I can imagine. but even doing that course um yeah. it just I, re- I realized how interested I'd been in coaches that had been coaching me consciously and, you hadn't realized yeah until, I think so okay. until okay. then until it came into putting it into practice and then 
to put some names on it, when I was at Sussex, the 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 coaching staff there were people. Peter Moores is a name that people will know of, and Les Lennon, Chris Waller was another one who were really really engaged with with developing youth and cricket. And they, and I just I was very lucky to to have coaches that. I could just tell I could tell what their methods were and I was aware of them while I was even while I was playing when I was very young and so I started off that coaching kind of journey when I was 16 I did my level 2 when I was just leaving uni and kept kept my kind of eye in with all of that and then did my level 3 when I came back to cricket again in my 30s yeah and I so so that's my route in and what got me going really yeah. was the ability for a really good coach to to create a scenario or an environment where a player can kind of grow and develop. So that 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 well, is, you definitely um, do that, yeah. You're well, that's good to hear. As well. Yeah, that's good to hear. But it, it really takes the player. There's a kind of a symbiosis. There's a player and a coach relationship, or a group and a coach relation relationship, where yeah. you can provide the ingredients, but it really needs people to turn up and kind of. Um, yeah of course enjoy that environment and develop and I think we've we've got that up in Leeds I was gonna say how how did you was it just by chance that you you got into the woman's side of cricket or did you choose to go down there how did that all end up like I don't know I just because obviously women's cricket and not as much but it used to be seen as quite a niche thing but now it's Mm. got, got a lot bigger but by the time you'd gone into, I don't know what the women's world of cricket was looking like, but yeah, how did you get into yeah. women's cricket specifically? Yeah, that's a really good question. So the, the honest answer to that is that when I first moved up to Leeds, yeah, um, I, look, I, I looked at the University of Leeds website and there was a women's cricket coaching role for okay. like for like a <laughs> pocket full of hours a year. It was really small. Okay. Um, so, so it found me in that sense. Okay. Um, but also, um, again, based on my experience of kind of growing up, um, having seen, I mean, I, there, there was this kind of culture at the time that was quite dismissive about women's cricket. I, and I was, yeah. if, somebody, if somebody says something like that to me, like, oh, so-and-so can't do this, that is an immediate kind of fire for me. Yeah. Um, because the, the women that I've coached have been as able as men, obviously goes without saying, right? And and have just not been offered the same opportunities. So, yeah. so for me to get stuck in and develop it from a kind of handful of people turning up at a university now into this kind of more like academic setup. Standards, yeah. Yeah, that that's that's been because I just I just like being part of something that that is thriving. And there's yeah, a stubborn of part of me. Yeah. There's a stubborn part of me that if people are are not particularly welcoming of it I'll try even harder well I mean like I think part of the reason I wanted to touch on this topic with you because as you because you're a guy coaching women and you've already answered one of my questions which was working with women has that made you kind of see into a woman's world of sports and how you know in terms of capability it's it's just as much there as it is in the in the men's world and it's awesome to hear that you've got this sort of stubbornness about you that you know you want to fight for that but uh, I don't know I'm just sort of wondering in in general what what do you think what do you think of women in sports or unless you want to narrow it down and think of women and cricket like would you say it's sort of I know it's on the rise but would you say I know there's not a fair kind of or an equal balance yet that I I'm sure there will be but 
know, where, where do you see it going? What do you think the future of women in sports is, or in, let's say cricket specifically? The it's such an interesting question that's worthy of like an hour, isn't it? Yeah. There's a there's a built-in redundancy to me, right? So me, I am an, a kind of aging man. Okay. It doesn't really need me to be involved. Yeah. There, there are there are women now because of there there are more opportunities. There are there are qualified women coming up through who've played the game and who should be taking over and will be very soon in all okay. of these kind of roles. And I think the the idea that there has to be a kind of gateway through a kind of a male involvement will become obsolete um okay. and it can't happen fast enough but the um at the moment you're right it's not level because there's this kind of great vacuum in history of where, yeah. where, where women haven't been offered the same opportunities and it's yeah. the same it's it that's what's happening in cricket it's like at the top level there, there are these exciting opportunities. Two years ago, people probably wouldn't have believed you that that, that stadiums would be full of people watching that the hundred the women's tournament would be as exciting, if not better, in my opinion, than the men's yeah. tournament. So a lot of people have been saying that actually. It's quite exciting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so there are opportunities at the top. Yeah. Um, but there is still this kind of like player pool-wise, there is not yeah. a lot. And yeah. then there's not a lot of high quality kind of structural. Like yeah. lower down in the structure yeah definitely yeah, yeah st- like so, development stepping stones almost it's hard yeah to and you can't really rush that stuff but it, I mean it needs to happen as quickly as it possibly can but the that's why there is still this kind of if there is any disparity in in quality it's only because of the sort of the men have got 100 and whatever years head yeah. start it's true structurally exactly um and and but that's being challenged and overtaken and then um, yeah I'm all for it I can't wait so so women's sport in an ideal world it doesn't really need to be called women's sport does it it's just sport yeah yeah no it is I've always wondered actually that I'm like will, will it ever stop being called women's sport I mean yeah. not it's nothing like I don't get like oh god that's so like what the hell but it, it is I don't know I understand you know there's differentiates between the two but it's like it's not men's sport and women's sport it's sport and women's sport so it is a wonder like is it just going to be sport for women but I, I think you it's good it's good that you touched on I know everyone does know the history in terms of well I hope they do of women in sports you know they've at one point women weren't even allowed to play sports and hence that gave men this incredible length of time to really pursue themselves and you know where they are today like they've had this incredible head start whether it's in in the media or just I don't know ability I think people forget that and a big argument people have is oh but men's sport is better because they're faster because they're quicker because and I I understand Mm -hmm. that to a degree but at the same time there there are men in the world and there and there are women and it's like do you not want to see the best of the men and the best of the women uh, rather rather than just saying oh no I just want the men but yeah I think that's awesome from your part just because it's so true what yeah um, and it's like but that that a bit like we we're saying earlier about this kind of need to specialize in the world there's yeah. this kind of um, there there are differences between in in the men's and the women's game in lots of sports but it's like there's no you don't compare app, apples and pears yeah like, exactly it's exactly. kind of like they're different they're yeah. different things in a way yeah um and and I would like I said that the women's hundred it's not just me being biased it's like yeah. I actually genuinely preferred watching that really? format of cricket 
in the yeah. Okay. Um, and the same way that I've 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 genuinely enjoyed watching women's tennis more than men's at various points. It's changed. Over yeah, no, it's true. it's true. So it's like there's no there, there's a com- sometimes there doesn't need to be a comparison made, and they can be slightly different versions of the same from the same tree. Yeah. Um, and I've heard it for years. When I first started coaching women, people would say things to me like, oh, in this form of the game, girls aren't able to hit the ball over the top or they're not able to hit sixes. Like, genuinely, this is like yeah. 10, okay. 10 years ago, people would say that. And it's just nonsense. It, yeah. It's just, it's okay. just but, but <laughs> you just nonsense. have to kind of, there's an element of people who have been around the game for a while will, will recognise that totally. You just yeah. take that on the chin and then just show actually that, that, there is no difference in that there is physiologically there's a slight difference in in bowling speed and I don't think that will necessarily change dramatically yeah but it doesn't that doesn't mean anything it's just a different exactly exactly yeah I think so I think you're right there but yeah so I really want to carry on but I just wondering I guess because this is like a personal coaching development thing that's the bottom line of this podcast so quite broad question but do you have let's say like any advice or just like input to give not even I was gonna say young athletes or you know even female athletes but just you know people let's just say people in general because you know going back I really like what you were saying at the beginning just for me you've already given me inspiration about your seesawing balance of the, the creative world and the sports world so working off that, would you have any advice for people? Yeah, just in life. Yeah. Um, so advice for people generally would yeah. be would be to to have to to have the courage to listen to your own voice and what your own voice is telling you. And that's yeah. not like that's not the same as being kind of like my life is a movie and everything revolves yeah. around me. Like I'm not saying that. Heart. Yeah. I'm saying, but do li- they listen? Listen to the thing. Listen to your natural interests, okay. and, and, yeah. build, and build on them. And if they are things that aren't meant to sit next to each other, just think that those those pressures are, are, are external all of the time. It's like you can you can create a a life based on your your core interests, and yeah. it's going to take hard work, and it's going to take turning up, yeah, um, and it's going to take you know there are going to be times where you where you accelerate and learn an awful lot there are going to be plateaus yeah um, but really you, you are able to 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 develop based on those intrinsic kind of authentic feelings um, yeah and and not to be put off and yeah I think you the, this sort of the the rush to specialization sure if there are going to be times where you there is no alternative but to kind of really focus on one area properly but yeah but equally um the very best in the sporting world I almost guarantee if you if you if you delve into their personal lives they will have other interests and fires happening yeah, sure. that have enabled them to reach a level of kind of maturity or openness that that means they are excellent you know like a Richie McCaw um yeah. or uh, there are just a lot of people out there who have developed as human beings and they're excellent yeah no definitely well with with that advice I know for me alone that's inspiring enough because like I've literally had this battle so many times mentally like trying to figure out oh god I can't do this because I've got to specialize in sports marketing but 
you are very right. You, you know, it's eye-opening to be honest, because like I think the education system has a lot to blame for that. I mean, not entirely, but in my head, the, my reasoning would go a lot towards that. But yeah, I definitely, from moving on from here, I want to sort of excel in my other areas, even if it has nothing to do with uni. Anyway, Rick, thank you so much. Um, I'm no gonna... pleasure. Thank you for listening, guys, and to Rick. I'll catch you on the next one. Until then, stay active.